Prepare yourself for a sprawling discussion on just about anything, where critical thinking meets pop culture in a collision of mind-bending proportions. Please secure all neurons and prepare for full frontal cortex. It's time for Incoherent Ramblings. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Incoherent Rambling. Damn, I'm a, I have ear damage now. That's for getting me with the little whispering thing last night. Whisper demons. So no, I'm gonna be strong. So uh, we are here with episode zero two three, which is going to be on nanotechnology. Nanotechnology. I'm your host Joey Shamel. We also have Paul Hottinger, Kale Anderson, Daryl George. And today's episode is brought to you by Springer from the 40th anniversary of. Transformers, the Generations line. Wait, what anniversary? Wait, 40th? Did I say 40th? I, yeah, meant, 40th. I meant 30th. Sorry. Wait, even what? 30? It's 30. Yeah, 30. Oh, for the original Transformers. Yeah. It was like 1984 to 2014. Right. It's still Got a year, it. but you know, right. they let them out early. So Springer, triple changer from Transformer the movie. Hey Springer, how's it going? I'll transform into a helicopter, and I'll transform into a black man. Gonna have to edit that. Dude, damn, it. damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Okay, wait, and. We're back. Okay, so that's Springer, and I also transformed. Wait, 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 wait. Why does that have to be edited? Oh, it doesn't need to? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. You, you just said black man. You didn't say it in a drug. Because I was, was yeah. doing a voice. Oh, it's yeah. fine. Right. I don't care. I don't know. I wasn't being mean. That probably I was just going to be fine. Okay, so... Uh, it's not like you went... Well, it was almost... Don't, don't, don't old don't. trapper. <laughs> like old trapper, man. He's not yeah. singing Jimmy Okay, Crap. we're going to have to edit you guys, so let's just stop yeah. sitting here. All right. So, uh, remember, if you want to contact us, you can always contact us at Rubber Baby. Dude, they made a ride out of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Show at IamRambling.com or put our name in front and you can get a hold of us individually. They don't publish Song of the South anymore, do they? No, they do not. No, no, no. There's been a push for it. They'll never do that. But if you go to the Cal Poly Library, we have a bootleg copy in our collection. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Why Why did Uncle Remus... Oh, because he was a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's have a little. Now pre- who's the hey, you know what, guys? I think it's time for the pre-ramble. All right. We really got to come up with some sort of. Um, we're, working, music. we're working on it. We need to coordinate a little more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This we week's pre-ramble. Uh, pre-ramble stomp. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> we this week's pre-ramble because we had no uh, plan for it is just going to be about. Well, I'm, what's going on in my life right now? I'm about to have a kid, and my wife just went into preterm labor, and she was about to give labor at 30 weeks, and they stopped it. Technology is amazing. What do you guys think about that? Uh, they it sounds employ, like mercury to me. Did yeah? they employ <laughs> magnesium? They did not. Okay, that your wife with mercury. Give me my wife mercury to stop the contractions. <laughs> would stop the contractions and my wife. So they gave her magnesium sulfate, which so stopped you're the contractions. So, Kelly, you're not wrong. It is just not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right, guys. So uh, yeah, she is. She is. I, I've taken a little break from the hospital, I but basically, <laughs> we are living. <laughs> we are living in the uh, hunting, passing the Huntington Memorial Hospital until the baby's born, which hopefully will be in it in longer than two weeks. But we'll see. So my wife is not allowed to get out of bed because if she does, the baby could fall out. Basically, <laughs> not fall out, but she could go into labor. 
See, see, she started having to stay in bed to make the baby. Now she has to stay in bed to have the baby. Except, <laughs> except the irony is we did IVF, so we didn't make the baby well, in right. bed. That's you right. Don't, yeah. you don't we made the, it. Ooh, sorry. You don't know the gender Boys yet, but it might be a fallout boy or a fallout girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, uh, so I'm taking a little break uh, from, from that. If I sound a bit off today, it's because I haven't gotten much sleep in the last few days. So, uh, but What's I'm your not... excuse the rest of the time. Oh, you bastard. Here yeah. we go again. <laughs> I have no excuse. Okay, so maybe I'll be better today. Woo! So that was the pre ramble. Third of July today. So we're going to have, you know. Oh, that's right. Independence Day tomorrow. So now we're telling them how late we are. Yeah, now we're dating ourselves again. Nice job, Gerald. All our listeners, all of them are going to know how behind we are. All right, August. I have to say it now. We'll link to photos and video of some fireworks. No, yes, that will be happening oh, yeah. now because Daryl will be yeah, but speaking it won't of happen bedroom. Now. It'll happen way in the in oh. the in the future. Right, it'll happen. Yeah. just time. like nanotechnology. That's right. Uh, Whoa, what is this nanotechnology that we speak of? So I we're gonna know. we're gonna talk about now. Na- you don't know because if you don't know, it's <laughs> gonna be a real short <laughs> podcast. This is your I just know theme. nanu nanu. <laughs> Nanu nanotechnology. Can I ask what Springer has to do with nanotechnology? Uh, he was the transformer I bought yesterday. And he was okay then. No, no. He <laughs> originally there was no connection. I was just bringing. He toys. was the future of Transformers when the movie came out in '86, and the movie took place in the year 2005 when the treacherous Decepticon or Autobots, whatever they did. And he was brand new, cutting edge, like nanotechnology. Oh. And he's a three-way transformer. He goes three ways. I mean, a <laughs> three way. Which one? Excuse a demo three-way or the regular guy? <laughs> Depends who he hooks up with. He's a biformer. <laughs> a biformer? <laughs> no, he's a triformer. Oh, well, yeah. A biformer right. is most of transformers. And he looks sharp and yellow and green. Except for six shot, he's a sex former. <laughs> yeah, he's he's part of the Temple City Ramrod. <laughs> yeah, he is. Look at that. He's green got Temple City colors. Going on. Green and gold. All right, so let's go to nanotechnology. Uh, we're going to start with history, and we're just going to go ahead and walk through what we know. Uh, Kale's really the expert on this. Kale, haven't oh, you, uh, since uh, since you first heard technology, when did you first hear nanotechnology? In the 80s or 90s? or when It was uh, the book that I read came out in 1988, and was called Unbounding the Future, and it was by Eric, uh, K. Eric Drexler, uh, but I did not read it until 1990. What's the K stand for? K? For kick ass, yeah, get <laughs> on same wavelength. I, I can't remember. Kick ass, <laughs> go do theater. It's probably right. like Kevin yeah. or something. Like we that. don't really right. care. He's just <laughs> right. Uh, so, so uh, like Richard D. Oh, no, when I when I when I first became friends with Kale, like which Phil is in, K. In Dick. The, There's another unknown K. <laughs> Maybe he was a special K. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. The K means clean. <laughs> that's not even Dude, that's funny. Not what the hell? Is... Philip K. Dick. Clean Dick? What? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Wow. Clean with a K. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't <laughs> throw stumbling blocks in, in front of Joey. Yeah. Today. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my brain's going. He's like 72 hours without sleep. My my brain I'm right going. now is going, what's a good, is going, Dude, we're trying to talk about now technology while the other part is going, What's another good K word we can fit in? A kick dick? That rhymes. That's not bad. I gotta get on with the show. Karate. Killer clowns. Klondike. Oh, we already talked about that. What would you do for a Klondike Cooch. Oh, that's a C. (laughs) 
<laughs> it can be a K for you. All I right, guess. I'll have to get you back on track, Joey. Cool. When Walmart. you first met, me. oh yeah, well, when I when we first met, you <laughs> would talk about nanotechnology all the time about how it was the future and how everything's going to be so awesome about it, and I had never heard of it before. So, what were some of the things you heard? Well, what do you know? About, why don't we just start history of nanotechnology? What is it? Where did it come from? Why is it different from regular technology? Well, it kind of originally started with. Uh, Oh, I, you know, and I blanked on his name. He worked. At, he was a professor at Caltech. <laughs> you just hit the mic. He played. Thank you very much. I thought I would shoot for the bongos. No, he played Sheldon? the bongos. Springer did it. He played the bongos. He was a very famous. Uh, oh, oh, God. come on, Feynman. Yes, Feynman. Oh, yeah. Richard. Oh, yeah. It, it basically all started with a a, Mr. a, a talk player. that Richard Feynman gave at Caltech called "There's Plenty of Room at the Bottom." And, and <laughs> Daryl, yeah, dude. <laughs> Go ahead. Daryl's just getting the us K back. is for a clean. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl's just getting us back because we bagged on. So him we're talking about Rihanna. Free ramble a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so what he he, he speculated Rihanna. and he said, I don't. I've investigated and there doesn't seem to be any rules to preclude that we can make things at the nanoscale, which mm -hmm. is a billionth of a meter. And so. From that time forward, uh, K.R. Drexler, of course, uh, listened to the talk, and very shortly after now that... Now he's K.R. Drexler? K.R.? What'd you say? Uh, K. Eric. It's always K first. Oh, the K's first. It's always first, yes. Oh, well, let's K. have Eric a whole Drexler. different joke fest on that, then. <laughs> okay, yeah. What, what about Drexler? <laughs> anyway, so... He sounds like a bad guy in a very science fiction movie. Yeah. That, What's happened? It's Dressler. It's Dressler. He's <laughs> trying to take over the world again. Isn't it, isn't it pronounced Drexler? That's what I said, Drexler. Okay. Oh, Drexler? These guys are saying That's Drexler. what I said, booty trap. Go ahead. I know Clyde Drexler. Drexler. Clyde. Who's I know Clyde Anderson. You know, he sounds like he should be a, I know Kale the, Anderson. an evil principal in some movie. Like, I'm going to send you to Drexler's office. Yeah. <laughs> or he's oh, like the police commissioner. It sounds like it. You're right. Like an 80s movie Brad right, principal. Yeah. Drexler! <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so Drexler, I don't think he was there when the talk was given, but he read it. And it, he totally could see, just like when I first read his book, I could see, oh my God, this is really going to become something. You could see the nanotechnology. I could see that the, the potential of what was going to happen. And just, you know, uh, computer components as of now, we're, we're still working on mechanical things, but electronic components are being uh, produced on that scale. Uh, now 22 nanometer um, chip technology is becoming pretty commonplace. And that basically means the the you can have a resolution and detail um, the elements of the chip that are only twenty two nanometers across. So we're getting there. And basically, isn't the kind of the concept uh, is to build machines out of atoms instead of using like metal parts to build machines to to do things. We're using atoms yeah. to build machines that but do things. Fact, and don't you manipulate the atoms into different molecules? So you could take whatever. Well, see, that's the cool into... thing is just that when we get to the point where we're actually, I guess the the first big goal, which we haven't really achieved yet, is to build what they call an assembler. And the assembler would be a basic uh, nano machine that could build things out of molecules, like you were talking about, Paul. Okay. And so that's that's where we we want to get, but we're kind of almost in between right now where we're still making things on the uh, micro scale, 
But as Daryl said, we're starting to starting to get into the nanoscale, but not really building things. It, most of the stuff they're doing is like gee whiz stuff. Like they're building the IBM symbol out of oh, individual like when doing furniture or, or something or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but now they're well, actually a, starting to build things for that are useful. Intel uh, put out a, a stop motion video of animation that um, they shot individual atoms. So they they arranged them. They killed. So they're like it looks like black dots moving around, uh, but they they individually placed each atom for every frame that they shot, wow. and it makes a you know they do a thing where their logo comes up and things like that. It's pretty cool. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense that we need to make an assembler because, of course, you know, no matter how you look at it, it's not going. It'll never be easy for us as uh, non nano beings to create small nano creations. So obviously, the best way to make a creation yeah. is from something that small. That has a program that tells it this is how you do it, and then we just say you can't. It's not like we're gonna it, build it by hand, yeah. right? Like yeah, we, we build a tweezer that holds a tweezer that holds a tweezer. That holds well, a and tweezer. that's <laughs> like it's like a, uh, a water jet or laser jet doing um, oh right, like uh, cutting cutting and, aluminum or whatever mm-hmm. other thing. Then you're you're telling it on a smaller scale. Well, yeah, and, and when you're working at that scale, you're working with protons and yeah. Well, not pro- uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, no, that's subatomic particles. Yeah, we're no, talking no, no, about no, not protons. I'm thinking. Uh, uh, electrons? No, different types of atoms, Neutrons. when mixed together, are going to have different type of reactions, which will allow you to put stick them together and you know things of like that nature. Bonds, bonds, and mm-hmm. James bonds. Okay. You know, I don't really know where I'm going with this, so I'm just going <laughs> to send it over to Kill. Hi. <laughs> I mean, in my head, I got a picture of what I'm trying to say, but I don't know. I no, I I can see what you're saying. You know that. But going back to. Uh, <laughs> What we were talking I can about see what before. you're saying, but now back to what really makes sense. <laughs> yeah, before before our minds blow off. Um, mine's there. And before I think our minds get off. One of the good uh, effects of nanotechnology will oh, be your mind all over me. that they'll be able to build substances that are pure. Because right now, with chemistry, we can create uh, a certain substance, but it's only going to be a certain, uh, you know, maybe... 75% or even lower, quite a bit it's lower than that. It's 50% pure, but it still works okay. But by building things uh, atom by atom, I'm going to smack the hell out of that tonight, I can see. Yeah, um, that, that, hands off my dick. Yeah. <laughs> and back to my penis! <laughs> no! So, so what you're saying is... is they're going to really screw up the cash for gold enterprise because you can just make gold. <laughs> totally, totally. There goes the country. No, but they'll be able to take individual atoms and manufacture a, a part uh, on a very small scale, but it will be, like, super strong. They'll, they'll start using carbon nanotubes to build things. Well, yeah, and the carbon... Um structures that, that are useful on a nanoscale are... Uh, the carbon atoms are positioned so that the bonds form a very strong structure compared right. to, just say, something like graphite, which, you know, uh, obviously, if you've used a pencil, you know that graphite just kind of uh, shears off. But um, you can have the same exact material and uh, make graphene out of it, and that can be a, like a one atom thick layer of carbon that can be useful in things like batteries and stuff like that. And then there are other, uh, the nanotubes, as you're talking about, are a different structure that's more rigid and a lot stronger. Yeah. And light. 
lightweight compared to most metals. Well, maybe we should, um, maybe what we should talk about now is the fact that, um, you know, what is the use of nanotechnology? Because if you think about it, I mean, just basically on what we've been talking about, oh, look, we made a really, 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 really small machine. What the hell is that going to do? So I think we should talk about the point that it's not one nano machine that's going to make any difference in our lives. It's billions of nano machines all working towards a specific task. I mean, that was in the book originally, right? Like billions right. of trillions. Yeah. Billions of trillions. Like yeah. when Wesley released those nanites in Star Trek: Next Generation. I remember that episode. And yes, it, and it took over the ship. I was, I was, yeah. I was trying to sleep this morning, and I put on Star Trek: Next Generation. That was a mistake because I was like, "Ooh, I like this episode." Ooh. So one episode. This is the one where the guy takes over the ship. He's not part of the crew. Everybody's memory's gone. What's going on, dude? <laughs> so one application that it could possibly be used, and wouldn't it be for is replicators. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. self-replicating machines. Self, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd want nano. Well, I guess it could just. It would still make water, right? Yeah, well, let me make anything. Like, that, let that, me make that. one comparison just to kind of demonstrate the usefulness of it is um, you can think of things like cleaning agents that use natural enzymes in them. Well, those enzymes are just kind of like single cellular um, machines that are biological. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can find certain things that are useful in nature to do specific tasks. Uh, However, when we start uh, getting more control of being able to build things using nanotechnology, we're going to be able to custom make these machines to perform a specific task instead of just having to try to find a particular biological machine that already exists. Because, you know, if you, it's one thing if you want to have a cleaning agent that can break down materials to um, make things less smelly and, and whatnot, like pet odors or whatever, you can find enzymes that'll do that. But what if you need something more specifically, like a nano machine that can clean plaque out of someone's arteries without doing invasive yeah. surgery? That's something that, to our knowledge, doesn't exist in nature, but we can design yeah. it as a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there'll be two paths that we start off on. One will be the assembler path, and the other one will be specific, like Daryl was saying, specific nano machines to do specific things, mm-hmm. and. Those because the assembler is more of a general idea, and uh, if you want something to clean plaque out of the arteries, you know, a specific nano machine can do that. But I think eventually, and I don't know, I can't. It'll even be give little it. machines with very tiny toothbrushes. Exactly. Well, no, I think that eventually, I think the, the two. By um, I think the two areas that probably are going to explode. The squad. In nanotechnology. We <laughs> 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 yeah. little plaque guys. Um, the two areas that are going to explode is going to be nanotechnology for health, and nanotechnology for construction. So basically, you can. That's what, where the money's going to be. Is going to be you and know, weapons. Well, that's part of construction. What can nanobots build, and how can nanobots heal? The body. Well, they could deconstruct you. Well, the so instead instead right, of yeah. cleaning the plaque out, it destroys your heart. It so gives you, just, you plaque. So you just have a guy <laughs> drop dead. Well, right. that's that's one of the things. And he uh, in his first book, uh, Unbounding the Future, he didn't talk too much. At the end of it, he kind of talks a little bit about about the negative effects of it and how dangerous this new technology can be. And that was one of the th- reasons that he, he wrote that book in the first place, was he wanted to bring this to people's attention, say, we need to think about the ethical issues now. Because right. when it comes, it's it's going to... He w- he didn't say, uh, like, uh, Ray Kurzweil about the law of accelerating returns, but that's what he was meaning. Yeah. He was saying, it's going to start out slow, and right. we're it's going to build, but eventually... We're going to get all of a sudden. It's going to be here, 
and it's going to take right. off right. and we're going to go Oh, I guess we probably should have thought about yeah. whether we could we should do this or that or right. other. Well, other... It'll, it'll be like mm-hmm. magic, which would be you know. Oh it's yeah, it'll be, seem that way. It'll seem like magic to anyone who doesn't know. I mean, already for tap your mana. Already for <laughs> <laughs> already for us, you know, who were uh, you know born in this generation, and even for the ones before us. Sometimes some of the computers and technology that we see coming out is magic. I mean, less so for Daryl, but I think for I can say because he's very knowledgeable in that area. But for me. A computer is almost magical. Like, the idea of how does it create all this just on these circuit boards? Because I, I don't know the basics of how a circuit board works. And that's not even at a nanoscale. Magic. Yeah, magic. Exactly. And that's not anywhere, <laughs> And that's not even a nanoscale. So then it's just, like, I see this green plastic thing, and it makes all these things possible. It basically creates the, a virtual world in this monitor that I can The integrated circuits are basically printed at a nanoscale, though. So it really yeah. kind of operates on that kind of scale. And well, that's just it. And it... We don't see any, like, we see a virtual creation right now from our technology from such small workings, and like you're saying, electronic, but in the future, we're going to see physical manifestations of these things we can't see, which right, is going to be, right. look like magic. And th- and that's what, just what you're saying, is that for anyone who doesn't understand it, uh, they can't control it. And if the people who understand it want to use it for ill, then we better have some people that want to use it for yeah. Un-ill. Well, there's right. there's um, studies going now. They're 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 using on on lab mice and whatever that uh, to treat cancer. And so it's like you can have somebody that may have cancer and, and inject them with these these nanobots or shells or whatever they're called, and and go in there and eat up all the cancer, and be cured mm-hmm. of it. You, you forget the chemo and the surgery and all that. It makes just, perfect sense. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's magic. It's like going down to Mexico and they do the little Healy thing on you, <laughs> but it's for real. Well, any, any <laughs> sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Wow, what does that sound familiar? Because, because it's, a it's a quote. Isn't that Chris That's Wall? from Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, that's Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was magic. <laughs> Wait, he's here. It was here? magical. Oh. John <laughs> magic. So, uh... So yeah, and, and it's going to be, but that's that's a great point with like cancer because you know right now the difficulty with cancer is getting something that can go in and target it specifically without hurting the healthy cells. But if yeah. you have nanotechnology, if you have nanobots which are specifically programmed to target a spe- you know the cancer cell, they can be. I mean that's precision at a nano and level. Not to yeah. drive us off of the subject of nanotech, but I think that we're going to be seeing, um, well, just like what. Um, Kurzweil said GNR, right? We're not only right. going to see a big advance in nanotech, a... but I... <laughs> we're also going to see robotics <laughs> yeah. and um, genetics. I and get I think, that joke now. <laughs> I think some of the genetic um, research, like there's going to be so, some overlap between um, nanotech and genetics that I, I foresee coming. Just like you were saying with, sure. um, you know, we can make a machine on a nanoscale that can target cancer cells and destroy them mm-hmm. and leave healthy cells alone. But we're already finding some things in nature where there are um, bodies that can target the cancer cells as well and leave healthy cells alone that are um, based on viruses. And mm-hmm. um, maybe, I, I've heard about a virus version, there might even be bacteria out there that can do that kind of thing. It's all hypothetical at this yeah. point. But I think it's going to be kind of like a race to the finish line. You know, will genetic research find a solution first, or do we have to build it ourselves using nanotech? Yeah. I, the one thing, that, and this is far down the future, is that I think eventually that 
the I want to say machines as opposed to genetics or uh, there's a word I'm blanking on the physical uh, world, the natural, like the viruses and that Mm -hmm. type of thing, Mm -hmm. that eventually we're going to get to the point with our nanotechnology where we're going to be able to program biological, Mm -hmm. biological machines. Mm -hmm. And those will ultimately be the things that will be part of our, our body, probably part of our DNA, so that it ought to, it's uh, self-replicating and it uh, just takes care of the problems that are in our bodies. Yeah, in the in the book I'm reading right now uh, by David Eagleman, the... can't believe I forgot biological. It's a tough word, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, called uh, incognito. They talk about how one of the problems we're having with being able to control things like nanotechnology, because we, we, we can't do it ourselves. We need some sort of artificial intelligence. And he's saying the, the problem with artificial intelligence is the simple fact that when we program things today, we're always looking for one specific answer. And in biology, it doesn't seem like that's what works. What happens is there are multitudes of competing factions, like almost separate minds, which are going against each other. And they're multiple overlaying right answers. And I think if we want to control nanotechnology, that's how it's going to need to be controlled. It's not because when you're when you've got all of these, you know, uh, bots, basically, that need to be controlled, I don't think you can have a simple program that can control them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, that's kind of what DNA is. Because DNA controls your cells, and then your cells know what to do based on um, this. Mathematically, it's a genetic algorithm. It's just something that um, reproduces itself, and it'll do different things based on its nearest neighbors. So you can, you know, create um, macro structures that are made out of, um, you know, billions and billions of nano. Uh, but so it would be like right. you know cells forming a, a larger whole. Well, going back to what you were saying about um, you know making a, a nanobot doing a specific thing, eventually the goal is going to be uh, at least for health wise is that you have a medical nanobot and it's it's a generalized bot that will do many many things and can be reprogrammed to do specific things mm-hmm. that it wasn't originally planned for. Just like right. when we originally built computers, all, most of them were for one specific thing. And eventually computers got generalized mm, so point. that you can, you, they do a multitude of things. And now I think that's what's going to happen to nano nanobots or nanomachines. They'll become more, it, it'll be more, a, they'll be a continuation of computers, right. but just on the nano scale. It, it, it reminds me like, uh, or I think that it would be something like, the, the future of vaccines. So they inject you with the nanobots mm-hmm. and they program it like, okay, you will attack polio cells or you will attack this disease or this strain or this bacteria, whatever. Because polio then, is a problem. Or, uh, or And then if something else comes out, then yeah. you go in and then get reprogrammed. Like, you know, right. now this, you know, this new right. strain or whatever, because it'd be awesome if it was like, we would cure it's the like common a, cold. A, a you know, universal vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Alan Turing that, was you know, integral in developing uh, early computers. And his idea of a computer was that it was a universal machine or a universal tool. In other words, it's something that you can basically just repurpose to accomplish pretty much anything you want. Hmm. And um, strange is like the brain. (laughs) We have created the brain artificially without (laughs) even knowing it. But it's exactly like you were saying. Um, you can have 
a computer just by reprogramming it, you can have it do something that was never originally built to accomplish, making it therefore, you know, infinitely like hacking it. Yeah, like hacking it, you can just make it do things that were never anticipated. So I think nanotechnology will probably have elements of that in it. Jailbreak my nanobots. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it could, I wonder if it could uh, enhance your body some way. What do you think, Paul? Well, there are probably medical, <laughs> medical reasons well, I know for that. Where this is going. <laughs> my guess, I mean, if they could repair a heart, like if they can go in there and make it make the heart stronger and stuff, harder, why can't faster. I make your why can't I make your penis bigger? I hereby hand over the my penis <laughs> to you. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Of, <laughs> you know, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, takes me back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean seriously, maybe like in um, your last episode, maybe it could be for <laughs> impotence. It could it could like f- fix your blood cells going in there, so it keeps you erected. You know, I was watching this show, and it was I started on it was like how sex works or something. I didn't really see what the title was. All of a sudden, it was <laughs> sex for it, dummies. It was this guy comes out. He's like, yeah, I had to go. There was two guys hunting, and it was like the young guys like I had to go to my dad and said, Dad, I've never gotten an erection before. And then they start talking about how this guy's got this problem where he doesn't get blood flow to, uh, to get an erection. Then he's got his pants off and he's showing this pump he got genetically installed. Dude, or not genetically. Yeah, <laughs> it was blurred, but it was where still they, like, whoa, this guy's showing a lot. It's where they... they, uh, they he pumps himself up. Yeah, instead of a yeah. testicle, it's a, it's a pump. Yeah, he pumps like it. Pumps it you'll see how the nanobots would hunters? make it less evasive? Yeah. And you, and you they were hunting it? at the beginning for some oh, reason. I don't. That know That was why. the most awkward episode of Duck Dynasty I ever saw. <laughs> Dad, oh. I know there's quackers out here, but I gotta tell you about my dick. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. Well, so, yeah, it could, or, or maybe, it, maybe in the world of plastic surgery, it could firm your your skin so you look younger. Well, that's the thing is, I think that the nanobots can flow into there. And, <laughs> and make it oh, longer, yes, bigger and uncut, and you know have a greater circumference. Circumference. Well, if you think know? about it, just on, on honey, back, I'm sporting a nano. Back for to you. <laughs> I thought, honey, I shrunk my dick. <laughs> <laughs> back to the, but that's just it. Back to the whole magic or superhero thing. I mean, if you got nanobots inside of you, they can <laughs> extend things. Maybe you could, they could like just. Uh, you know, extend other parts of your body, like give you this like huge fist to just like. Well, just like superhero. mitochondria create energy in your muscles, I'm sure there's definitely going to be ways for nanobots to enhance the the yeah. mechanical. Well, there's one of the ethical you know, concerns. Yeah. You know, what will that do for uh, sports competitions? Oh, yeah. of course they'll outlaw. <laughs> they'll be doping that. <laughs> right. You know, they'll outlaw. But Entertainment will always win out on that. I yeah. think I think when it comes down to it in the future, if there's a possibility for higher levels of entertainment, you're going to get a split-off group that uses these genetically enhanced things, and it's more entertaining, so people are going to watch that, and the old stuff will just be boring. Yeah. Well, that, but then what about for something like the Olympics, where it's based on, you know, it's supposed the, to be based on human that's the, athletic like the, achievement. It'll keep going on, Dirtiest. but like Joey said, it's always entertainment that wins out, so they'll yeah. have like the uh, Ultra Olympics or something, yeah, where you right. get to watch people like, jump a mile. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. Well, what would you want to watch? The guy well, just jumps like 20 feet or a guy just... It, oh, it, will be, it will be regulated in, in professional sports because of Vegas, because of the money. Yeah. You can't... Well, unless, think, unless it's accepted and it changes... Everything it has, to, if it's illegal, it, it's 
No, I agree. I think it will be regulated, but I think it will be regulated different from what we see now, where we're saying nothing enhancing. There will be things where you can, where in in this league, we enhance up to this point, but don't use this crap over here. And there'll always be the underground stuff where there'll be stuff that's dangerous to the athletes. There'll probably be a delimination between uh, things that have potential harm Mm. and things that are going to be, you know, deemed to be quite safe. like with most most of that kind of thing is that it's just time and it takes for the people to go old enough and die who care and then the people who are left they accept things like i remember reading this article about uh the invention of the the new uh ski which actually uh adjusts itself as you're skiing and when that first came out what they came out with that technology it made people so much better skiers hmm. And so they outlawed it in the Olympics. They wouldn't let them do it. Right. And now, here we are today, probably, uh, I don't know, 60 years or even longer that that was invented, that type of ski that adjusts itself. And now it's all part of the Olympics. They use it. It's not even thought of as something different. Yeah. It's well, Everybody uses it. Yeah, I mean, sports technology, is, it, it changes everything. And people think that it, it takes the purity out of the sport. But it just, you said, enhances it and just makes it better. You just that just becomes the norm. Yeah, and when it comes down to sports, it comes down to entertainment. And as technology gets better, it's going to improve the entertainment of sports. And where the almighty dollar is will be where the entertainment is. Yep. Wait, I said that backwards, but you get what I'm saying. I understood with your garbled speech. Yeah, you're still understandable. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. We talked about a little bit of the history about what it can do. Uh, I, I let's 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 stay on that idea we talked about some well, medical we, ideas yeah we talked about a few things but um i think one of the interesting things like we were talking about reprogramming nanotech and having it be based on you know kind of the genetic formula um you might be able to start doing things where you, you build um structures you know building sized house sized structures that are just composed of nanobots and it, it would be interesting because you could do things like you know, oh, I'm having a few extra people over for the weekend, so I want to convert one of my rooms into a new bedroom. And it could actually be a thing where you just reprogram the house, and all of a sudden a bed pops out of the wall, and like a new partition drops down, and you know, this completely reconfigured. That could be really funny. You could screw with people, like, oh, the bathroom's over there, and bam, a wall. <laughs> you know, or or, or like, if you had a Pizza Hut, you could copy that Pizza Hut. Uh, never mind. It's from South Park, except it was stem cells. Ah, yeah. So oh. if you had stem cells, so they could turn to anything. So if I had a Pizza Hut, and next <laughs> I could have, make the stem cells make my own Pizza Hut. Well, that's ultimately where I guess you uh, could do that with nanotechnology. Well, that's the thing is with nanotechnology. Uh, I guess ultimately, what we w- would happen is the Star Trek's replicator. Now, what would that do to the economy, though? Because now all of a sudden. Let's say it's after nanotechnology, and let's say replication basically is everywhere. There's nanobots everywhere. You can make anything for just about nothing. Where's the economy go? Well, then everyone it, it's going to cost four billion dollars to buy a, one of those machines, or you can still <laughs> go to Walmart and get everything for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Star Trek, remember they don't really have an economy anymore, and that's well, right. they don't have money. <laughs> who, they don't have wrote, money because yeah. Who wrote Radical Abundance? Is that a... That's it. Okay, Eric Drexler. It is Drexler. Drexler! Drexler! Because that's one of the concepts of nanotech and robotics to a certain extent is that if, you know, if we get artificial intelligence that's smart enough to do people work and we're superseded by things that can think better than us, stay on task longer than us, um, perform better than us in every way, 
why do we still need to work? And if um, nanotechnology means that we can turn raw materials into practically anything we need them to be, then you're right. What does happen to the economy? I think it just basically means that there would be plenty for everyone. everybody. Yeah, that does kind of make and sense because if you think about it, I mean, the limitations to uh, having plenty for everyone is really technology because think about the sun. I mean, the sun offers enough uh, energy for to power everything. I mean, it powers, you know, the whole solar system, powers the earth, but we just don't have the technology to collect it and use it. So we have all these energy crisis things. So when nanotechnology gets to that point, it's very possible that the idea of even an economy is a thing of the past. And we're we're all going to do like they say in Star Trek, where we follow our heart's desires. You know, we do things we want to expand ourselves. It's like kind of, we're all retired, but we still do work. We do the work that we want to do. Well, the planet would have to do that as a whole, which I don't, See that happening in the foreseeable future because yeah, it, it's at first it takes it's going to have probably. money. People, money's going to be controlling nanotechnology. It's not just going to be like yeah, it's, it's created. They're well, funding uh, everything. Yeah. They'll control everything. And that's the thing is, is that I it'll think, be Monsanto nanotech. Monsanto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. Is that I, I don't the, the definition of what being rich will be will be something different than we think of it now. Instead of being financial, it'll just be power. Power to do certain things. And and who knows, maybe it'll even be like a feudal system where... They the the rich people have to have noblesse oblige, like the the nobles of of the ancient times, where basically, um, I'm so great and powerful, I have to take care of the little people. It's my duty, and so duty. duty. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping it would lead to like another renaissance because um, it might take a few generations for people to get out of the habit of you know oh I need to have a nine to five and I need to go work. Um, to maybe, you know, a few generations, people will go, oh, now I can pursue my own interests, uh, rather than trying to earn a buck. And I think that that could lead to just a really big burst in creativity. You know, maybe the arts would flourish if people don't have to worry yeah. about putting food on the table. I think it's, night. I think <laughs> it's going to take a while though, because, um, what do you hear about people who retire from their jobs and when they're older, they, they're the ones who die quicker. Basically, well, because, and they're the ones two years later that yeah. are back at work. Or, because, or one of the, exactly because they don't have any purpose well, explain, in life anymore. Explain die quicker. Well, no, they okay. Physically I, okay, die. I don't have any proof of this. This is my opinion yeah. from what I've heard uh, from things I've read. But as far as long, as much as I can remember, these were uh, statistics that that were true. Uh, basically, people. Uh, I think it's from actually. Younger sounds, the better. Yes, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Not younger yes, the better, yes. but younger next year. The younger younger next the year. better? Okay. That wasn't the younger the I can actually... I totally <laughs> missed that plot point. <laughs> okay. The, uh, Mike, if you're listening to this, we'll have to discuss this later. Uh, okay. the, uh, not the younger the better, but as we always call it. Young, but younger next year. Younger next year, which is... So I actually got a... a we could never remember the name of the yeah, book, so, we, and so we, we kept calling it Younger <laughs> the Better. So, oh, that's right. You guys didn't know about that. Paul and I, I mean, Kale and I did it all the time because because from when Paul watched The Younger the Better, that's why I always called it Younger the Better. And then Kale jumped on the bandwagon like, Younger yeah, the Better. Yeah. Sounds good to me. But in younger, I agree. In Younger Next Year, they tell how you guys are sick. people who are all pedos, people who <laughs> retire early um, do and don't have some form of stimulus in their life. 
because they're just on like. They need to watch the younger the better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will have a greater uh, inclination to be sick, get uh, disease, and die earlier than those who have some sort of purpose, whether it's volunteer work, a job, or something like that. And I think that at first, a lot of people. Like today, we think of retirement as the ultimate thing where we don't have to do anything. And I think that is kind of a death sentence where when you don't have to do anything and when you're not forced to do anything, it's really going to affect well, your health and well-being. But the problem is just that when you think about that, you think that's going to be great. Right. But the problem is not having a purpose or to do anything really sucks. I know. I can tell as a teacher because it's like, wow, you guys get three months off, which is great. But if you don't have something to do with those three months... You, it's pretty. It's not great. It really is. I think that's this is going to be a skill thing where people will, you know, find ways to occupy themselves. It's I not think like it people will. will do nothing. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm saying it'll that be like on Wally. You would have you the pr- you would have ship. the like financial pressures taken off of you, and then you could pursue things that are of more personal interest. That's how Star Trek I agree that will eventually happen, but what I'm saying is I don't think that will happen at first. And it's not. That's where we're at. We're at the beginning of that, which is great disruption. Well, well, it's... it's, And that's what... It's going to continue probably for the next 60 years. Like I said, this big disruption. But, and that's what I'm saying is because I think what I've learned, having time off to do what I want and not doing it, I know a lot of it has to do with me, is who I am, but I know a lot of people are like that as well. If you don't have an outside force, because we're a very social creature, if you don't have an outside force like a job that's pushing you in a direction, you may want to do something really bad, and when you get the extra time, you're not going to do it. And I think it's going to take, like you're saying, Daryl, a few generations to where people will learn. You know, you are responsible for yourself, and these are strategies to help you get what you want out of life. Or maybe a a new network will be constructed where you join groups that help you, and it's like a job, but it's not, or some sort of Well, people are, uh, I guess, um, business people are already, I've read several books where they're already noticing that what's going to be important in the future is creativity. That's really what's going to be important. And because machines are going to quickly... And when I say quickly, I mean within the next 30 years, uh, take over all the mundane jobs, everything that most people do for a living now, it's all going to be done by machines. So really, what do we have to contribute? And it's going to take the longest for machines to become creative. And that's what we can bring to the table before then. I think we need to look at it also as we are a network, a social network. We're, in a way, the Earth is an organism and we're the different parts of it. And in order for it to keep going, there will always be some place for us to be and something for us to do. And even if it's not what we can see now, remember when machines and computers started coming out, everyone's like, oh, there's not going to be any jobs left. You know, And here we are in the future and you know, we don't have... A jobs sem- just become different. They, they just become different. There's no assembly... What's it called? Assembly point? No, assembly line. Line. Thank you. There's no assembly lines anymore, except for robots. But you know, maybe those well, people. Well, there's still child. Sure. There's well, still child uh, labor. Not none. But I mean, the, all the but jobs that robots took over have. There's many of them moved out of the country. That's for sure. Yeah, but yeah. and then as as things follow, the technology will go to those other countries, and the same thing will happen. Mm-hmm. But there'll be other jobs. But the question is, and but and that well, that comes with also the uh, population becoming more educated and getting jobs. That require more skills. You know, there's like you, with with uh, us being social groups and and being like a, a collective is if if we get nanobots in us and stuff, whether it's doing vaccine or whatever, and it, and it... no no no, no. Do, 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 do. Do. 
Has no, no. Do, 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 so what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, is the Nanobots will make us a collective force and we'll turn into the board. A big collective, huh? Well, that's a possibility. You know what I'm looking forward to is when when we're doing when the nanobots are, we're doing a podcast like this in the future. And I just bring my phone up and the nanobots are in our body, and I go D swamp ass, and the nanobots go down and they yes. take care of this horrible swamp ass. I have yes. it's so freaking hot in here, and I'm sweating. What I'm looking forward to in the future of our podcast is that as we're talking and doing the podcast. It's assembling the the program is assembling the show notes and putting in the links. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, that's so great. You know, so we just do the podcast. Actually, and everything else gets done. I'm gonna be at home still in bed, and the podcast is being recorded. Yeah, for me. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the uh, the late night infomercials where they're selling like nanobots that'll clean your your cat's litter box. For you, there you go. dude. And for 19.95, but act now, and you get two nanobots for the price of one. <laughs> Forget all that. I'm waiting for when we just send the nanobots to record the whole podcast. We don't have to do anything. Wait, uh, that, was, that doesn't that sound was good. Still in bed comment. Oh, that yeah. was. Oh, well, you said. Well, record, you could lay there right. and not speak and just send your mind to the podcast, and then you'll just send your thoughts and it'll come out as yeah. speech. Or nanobots can go in you and check your colon instead of having your doctor stick his finger up your butt. You sound a little. Uh, you sound a little, no, sorry. A little <laughs> upset about that. <laughs> have you had a bad you, experience? No, I, 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 I was like, I, you're I not, not old. That you're you're no. not old enough for that yet. What? I had it as a kid, though. What? Yeah. That was just a well, priest doctor. I don't know. Priest doctor. <laughs> you didn't need it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he did it with both his hands on my shoulders, too. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Hey. Thank you for taking. Well, now <laughs> thank you for taking wowzers. Now it's the, time to take a left turn back the to the subject, <laughs> please, <laughs> and talk about something that Paul brought up that was not his anything penis. to do with his penis or rape. It's called <laughs> what? What? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> the problem is, it's going to sound so horrible now because the term is called gray goo. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the reason to go I to the doctor. I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if it's coming out oh gray God. goo, you need to go get yeah. something stuck up your ass from a doctor or something. something. You know, I should have I should have brought this up before we got into all that because now every time I say that, it's going to make us laugh. Great goo. Great goo. Okay, great goo. The problem that Eric Dresser! says it's going to happen is with so many nanobots and so many replicators that the f- there's a fear that they're just going to keep replicating themselves and more and more until... Like a snowball effect. Yeah, exactly. I hate getting snowballed. <laughs> and so then there will just be... It'll eat up everything on Earth and it'll just... The planet will be... Full of great. spooge. <laughs> no filching way! Yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> so it just... What you say? I don't okay. Know, I don't know what you say. <laughs> okay. Here, here's the great. So they self-replicate. So nanobots making nanobots. Yeah. Yeah, but they're using materials. Any material they can get because it's yeah. atoms, right? Yeah. So the nanobots come to the, the the table and they take all the atoms and make new nanobots. And then those nanobots come and go to our bodies and take all the atoms and make new nanobots. They go to anything and everything they they eat they use for materials to make new nanobots. 
and they just keep growing and growing till so there's nothing left but all these nanobots. Yeah, exponential. So, so you just have a great good. It's like the zombie apocalypse, only they're really small zombies. Because you don't really see them. <laughs> yeah. You don't see them because they're too small, but when they're all together, there's this so great good. So, I mean, it's like evolution. I mean, the, the, the primordial soup. Almost a virus type thing, and yeah. turning into the DNA. And know. it's possible. I mean, if, if you right, could... Right, but... You know, life forms, they need to have a food source and an energy source and all that stuff. So we're talking about something that could literally turn the entire Earth into itself. Yeah, and think and because but wouldn't nanobots need an energy source too? The sun. Yeah, before. but if they're if they're like solar powered, then they imagine you made one nanobot. Need. Okay, you had the power to make a nanobot, and you programmed it. Whenever you find any material you find, use it to make a new nanobot exactly like yourself mm-hmm. that has the same program as you. So that nanobot goes and makes another one. Now you right. got two nanobots that make four, and then it keeps yeah. going and yeah, going. Right. And that's the problem is that's the biggest issue with this is that we need to have something to stop that from happening. Yeah, yeah it's like when on Stargate, the replicators on Stargate, the TV show, that's what they did. Wherever they went, they just took over everything and turned everything into yeah. them. Uh, so, so, I mean, Drexler says that this... He theorizes that this switch, stuff right? um, could be avoidable. You just have to have some smart programming. And then, yeah. But the thing is, it's, um, it's a lot of the same kind of fears that we have over uh, genetic research because you want to um, assure that anyone who's carrying out this stuff is going to be both competent and um and ethical ethical thank you welcome so so the thing is you know it could take like one incompetent company making nano machines to basically screw the whole earth yeah it doesn't you're right it doesn't have to be an evil guy it's just someone who doesn't think before they make a nano you know the the analogy i'm thinking of is what if there's just a bug like you know, yeah. they they program it. They like write nanobot firmware. Yeah. But there's some bug that has a really weird thing, and, and maybe it doesn't even reveal itself right away. Like it, it's something that happens like every trillionth nanobot. There's one that goes like turns into a cancer nanobot. Yeah. Right. So it could be rather unpredictable until it actually happens, and then you find out. Okay, so only one in a trillion of these turns into a cancerous one, but each one of those cancerous ones makes more, yeah, they're each making their doubling so they, every time. Well, right. I think so they, you can look they go to, out of control. After I think that, you can look to point. nature for that exact to see what would happen if that happened. What you have in nature is that yes, you do have that, but you have ways to combat it. It's like right. when people first like uh, talked about computer programs and viruses. Oh my God, right. the viruses right. are going to take over everything. And, but that's not what happened. We developed an antivirus, that's and it, that's you what could, we will you do. Inoculate well, the fear exactly. is the fear is it will right. be too late that. Nature right, has that is part of the, it, but we won't be part of the solution. That we'll is part of the problem because of the <laughs> fix it later. Right. Of it. You know what? You know, by the time it's discovered, Nature it might be it might be one of those things where like the Earth has like two weeks. You know, like we'd better find a way to yeah. inoculate. Hey, Nature! The, come on, Drexler! <laughs> <laughs> but it could also be Mother Earth. It could be one of those things. Like you think about computers. You know, as they as technology grows, you know, think about when viruses start. I mean, they have to start at a basic level. You don't have a virus that can take over the world. So they, as the viruses grow, the inoculations grow. Yeah. So you figure that same thing for nanobots. It's kind of going to be a, a balance. As, as the dangers come up, then we'll we'll face each one of them. It just well, it it feels precarious, though, because yeah. there's so much at stake. And that we don't know. If a virus gets spread and goes to people, 
and may kill people, but with the, like, say with the nanobots, it's going to take up physical space. Right. Like the, you know, when you're talking about like a virus unleashed on the internet, the worst it's going to do is take our computers away right. from us, which is bad. bad especially with how much we depend on Especially our economy them. is all right. virtual. Right. But we're talking right. about something that could, you know, out of control nanotechnology could literally, like, it'd be analogous to disintegrating everything on the entire planet and turning it into these machines. Well, and the scary yeah. part is is that it, if it's simplistic enough that it could be probably not easily done in the, right now, but once the technology is there, that it can be done easily, and there's just no stopping it because it's on a level that is beyond our reach unless we have the tools. I mean, how do you stop something that is nanometers when you are... With other nanobots. That's the right. hope. That's and that's the thing. The it'll be like not premise. physically, like with your computer has blockage, has blocks off all the viruses coming into your computer, mm-hmm. but you have like a, a surrounding area around you of nanobots that when anything tries to get you, your defenses kick in and, and keep it from happening. We need like the SEAL Team 6 version of yeah. nanobots. Well, but that's what the scary thing is, is that it could happen so fast, maybe we don't have the ability. And we are basically, uh, I mean, but we're seeing it from our point of view now, where we don't have the ability to control nanotechnology. Like, the virus thing. Like, we have the ability to control, we can control computers now because they're everywhere. So maybe in the future when nanobots are everywhere, it's this is, you know, not something you need to worry about. I feel like it's a loss of control because what do I do when I've got all these nanobots coming at me? There's nothing I can do. But if I have my own nanobots. Well, for, uh-huh. and, and you're, I picture like you're talking about the gray goo, that it's this, this slow blob thing coming after people. It could be instant. And who yeah. knows how fast they'll do it. Viruses, you can quarantine people, you can burn it, you could just throw them all into an yeah, island or something. I was where nanobots is just, it's one, out there. One thing I was going to bring up when I talked about, like, say, a house that can reconfigure the interior walls and all that stuff. Um, you know, who's to say that there won't be, like, a speed up in technology? Like, maybe... Um, early on when this technology is new you might have to say like enter the new program for your um new layout of the interior and you can actually maybe slowly see things moving shifting growing whatever to make the new arrangement maybe after the technology improves sufficiently it might be one of those things where it could actually bowl you over if you got in the way of it yeah right that's a good point and then the um just one of the applications for if that kind of technology does get to the point where it can be reprogrammed and speedily change from one shape to another, that would affect transportation in a pretty big way. Because if you think about it, you could have something like a car that would automatically reconfigure itself based on the number of passengers and the amount of cargo you're carrying. So the car could be sleek and uh, have a low profile when you're just driving yourself to work. But if you go to the grocery store or like, you know, say, you know, the warehouse store and you pick up a whole bunch of stuff, you suddenly the car grows in size a little bit and you have the space to put all your groceries. Night Rider 2000. That's right. Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except it was pretty or air, cheesy. Or airplanes that, you know, might have like a really like the whole airplane could be a wing surface during takeoff mm-hmm. for extra lift. And then it would shrink down to being something more like oh, a stiletto. Cool, yeah. Um, once it, you know, gets moving fast. It, so. it, thinking of that, you may, 
if it's not going to be a fixed amount of nanobots that would do that, like you're talking about like, let's say you have a sports car or like mm-hmm. we have a compact car and then like all eight of us are going to go somewhere or whatever. And then it's a big giant bus right. to go up. Now to go back to the car, what about those nano extra nanobots that it, that it replicated to make the bigger? What happens to those? Is there maybe a well, I'm not, device I'm not, to destroy the other in ones? In that situation, I think it would be just like you have a fixed uh, amount of material. And, you know, if it if the technology gets crazy enough, it might be one of those things where, you know, you might have, like, um, you know, two family cars in the garage. Yeah. And when you need something bigger, you combine both of them. You know? <laughs> or, you, or you just have, like, And you put it back, like, no, man, that was my steering wheel. Or you have extra material hanging on the wall that you just, like, say, oh, I, you know, I have to take a lot yeah. of people today. I'm going to throw in an extra. Yeah, so you have, like, a little of, tank there. There's yeah, also another like aspect right. of this that... that we could that we need to think about which is that the farther down you get the more space there is between things so that you it, you could just compact it smaller right. down right. you would not notice that there's more material there the right. weight it's might denser be, right yeah. and the thing is right. is that yes. if you need a compartment now to carry your groceries it expands out and it looks like it expanded out and gone but what it did was it just created more uh the nanobots it could spread be a out. thinner shell yeah exactly but still as strong or possibly the nanobots are are made of complexes that they separate themselves into things like helium or hydrogen and oxygen it just goes into the air and then when it's oh, the taken out the, yeah, yeah the bots could just take apart yeah. the molecules and leave the atoms to hmm. flow free and now here's a, here's a thought that daryl hit on which i thought was pretty brilliant when he was talking about the door thank you i think the first thing we're going to do when we make nanobots that produce things is we're going to make sure the one thing that they don't take as material is organic material. There will be a safety put into there because you don't want to have it building uh, your your door or whatever and you put your hand in and suddenly it takes the materials from your hand and turns it into the door. So one of the first things they're going to do is they're going to make sure that the programs say you come across organic material, you do not use it to make mm-hmm. your door. So if you have like a prosthetic limb or something, you're kind of <laughs> yeah. Don't don't sink you your kick, prosthetic limb. You kick the door open because you have groceries and like it's like gone. <laughs> but no, I th- and I think that helps the gray group. Gray group. Gray goo. Oh, it's hitting. Aliens, I'm getting alien spooge. I'm falling. Ew. Um, the the idea is that when the gray goo starts to come towards us, it doesn't, unless somebody programmed it specifically to take organic material out, it won't do that. Well, then you know, if some if they're programmable and someone makes a virus that is flesh eating or something, then we're all kind of in trouble. And then we come yeah. down to the whole evil thing, which yeah, right. which I think most people are pretty pretty much good. Yeah, and those who aren't are pretty dumb. So, well. If we're, I want to, I see, I'm looking at the time, and I, I want to get into telling you guys about what I was going to talk about before the podcast, which is my idea of a positive use of nanotechnology for someone that has mental problems. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We were talking about and that. And like, if somebody in the future, they'll be able to look at somebody's brain and see the pattern of like depression. You'll be able to see that's this is kind of basically what makes depression. This pattern of neurons in your brain. Well, hold on. And, let, me, let me let me preempt this, and then I'm going to okay. this is a good introduction. Back to the book I was reading because I think he used a very good example of this, saying that um, if a this is David Eagleman's Incognito. He said if a criminal like kills someone, but they were sleepwalking, 
and it was proved that they were, then we don't find them culpable because they have a brain problem that we can detect. And that's what actually happened once a guy killed his, like, in-laws, and he was sleepwalking, and they proved it, that he has this problem, so he was let go. So, but that's the point, is we don't have the ability right now to see anything but the major brain problems. So right. there's, it's very possible that criminals out there have a brain problem that's just too small for us to see. And the idea he used was that, imagine you're uh, on a space shuttle, and you're an astronaut looking down at the Earth. And you could see certain things at the Earth. Like, you could see if there's a major forest fire. You could see if there's uh, a volcano erupting or, like, a hurricane. And you can get kind of an idea of the major events happening on Earth. But if there's a riot in a city because of something that's happening or something on a much smaller level that you can't tell what the political climate is, uh, you can't tell those things. That's the problem with the brain. Everything's so small and condensed. So I think the only way we'll ever see that is nanobots and being able to fix it is nanobots. We have a 30,000 foot view of right. brain. Yeah. Well, the yeah, problem is, is that they're already starting to detect things like there's a, they detected what they call the warrior gene. Which warrior? <laughs> it sounds cool, but actually, what it means is that you're a sociopath. Did they find the ultimate and, warrior? And, 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 <laughs> they did, and, and, I guess. And, and, but check show notes. Yeah. Anyway, if we ever get to them. Back to what I was saying. What you're talking about is a brain pattern that uh, is it for a criminal behavior or a murder or something like that. But going back to the depression angle, yeah, any, is yeah. that. We'll be able to detect what that pattern is, and then we program the nanobots to go in and change your synapses and your connections and turn it into what we would deem normal brain activity. And all of a sudden, boom, you're no longer depressed. Or, or that criminal behavior no longer appeals to you. I just want to add that, that um, concept of there being like a generalized pattern, though is maybe a little theoretical at this point. Uh, I think it's highly theoretical, but I think that what the point is, is that we will be able to get to that point. Well, no, I mean, even that uh, the concept of whether or not the brain actually works that way. Oh, I think that the, that it's obvious from the brain scans that they've been able to do that there are sections of our brains that do certain things. Sure. And I think that as, and obviously this is my speculation, that we get to the point where we can see the patterns, and they will be there. I'm almost sure they well, will be there, uh, and we'll be able to detect them. And once we know that this is generally what a normal brain looks like, uh, that when it deviates from that, when we're talking about scanning thousands and thousands of people and finding right. a baseline, and all we have to do is guide people's brains back to a similar brain pattern. and we deem normal. But then yeah, better. Yeah. socially acceptable. I'm not saying but, it's possible. Well, it, it, I'm speculating. But here, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to add on to what you're saying and to address what yeah. you're saying, Daryl, the idea, remember, and this is something that uh, when I was taking some psychology classes, because I was majoring in, in it for a while in college, I remember I took uh, biological psychology. And I remember the teacher saying, um, everything that happens in your mind is biological. And in the book I'm reading now, it, he's saying the same thing. We just can't see it yet. Mm -hmm. So there is some certain reason why we do what we do, and it's a whole idea of free will. Like, just because we don't believe that what we're doing is determinism, we think it's free will, doesn't mean that it is. 
it's very possible that everything that's happening is because of the structures and patterns in our brain, whether we're a criminal or whether we're not. And looking at it that way, there's a very strong possibility that, especially with nanobots, we would have the technology to go in there and make changes to what we deem socially acceptable to help society Right. And get rid of the not so. So it'd, it'd be part of like a rehab program for right. Pills. Except you wouldn't be taking pills like like you take pills now for depression, and that mm-hmm. helps. You know, it's not bad, but I, I I mean doesn't cure it. It doesn't cure it. It doesn't go in there and fixes yeah. it. I think the pills of the future will be nanobots. You know, you'll so take nanobots who will go in and, and but and, uh, here's the, hope the my HMO covers that. Here's the thing though is that <laughs> since we don't have. Um, the understanding yet of exactly how something like depression operates, we do know that there are certain chemical imbalances that can definitely make it worse. So if that's brought back into balance, that's a start to curing it. But we don't know for sure if, um, you know, if, if like we say, we can spot a generalized pattern of people who are depressed. Um, if we bring that pattern into something that resembles a non-depressed person, what does that do to that person's personality? That's the kind of thing that we don't understand Very true. yet. And we don't have a clear picture of if that's something that can be separated from the rest of the person. And well, that's like, yeah. Like curing the depression might fundamentally change their personality. Right. But and it, it could so, help like... In, <laughs> well, I know that that... Uh, uh, and that's exactly the case with uh, Phineas Gage, uh-huh. where he gets a, a spike... Uh, through the head, a tamping rod through the head, and the tampon even the head, <laughs> yeah, where they Bloody pulled hell. the tamping rod because he was tamping pretty good. the the dynamite down in and it exploded and it, the the tamping rod went through his brain. But the thing is, is with him is that he was still alive, he was fully functional as a person, but it changed his personality. So what right. Daryl's saying is true that and and I don't doubt that when they first start to you know figure out the patterns of our brains and and how things are um i guess i'm thinking of it as a pattern but maybe it's not a pattern it maybe we'll just understand better how to uh, arrange things well and and even today uh with a lot of the drugs i mean that's what happens with side effects especially with schizophrenia people who are schizophrenics will stop taking their medicine because even though they're better off the medicine it changes them in a way that they don't like. Schizophrenics like to be out in the open. They like to be free. They don't want to have any constraints on them. You know, they want to live free, so to speak. And society wants them to, you know, have a house, have a job, and all this other stuff, which happens when they take the drugs. But it's a change in personality. And I think what it comes down to is it's the same thing. Is If nanobots go in to change our brain for the better, it's going to be a, is it worth the change? And so the side effect will be a change in personality. But keep in mind that our personality is always changing from moment to moment. Every experience we have changes our personality. So this is just a more extreme uh, example of that. And if that takes away tendencies of uh, extreme depression, that's a choice you have to make. Is it worth that I may be a slightly different person or maybe a majorly different person when my personality changed, but I'm not going to be depressed anymore? And I think for me, if it was major, I'd probably go, okay, let's see what happens. Because there's still going to be me, you know, just going to be different. Well, that's form. where it'll help in, in medical um, field and stuff. It's like it's like all the studies now on football players where, you're, you know, it's just coming now where players who have had so many concussions throughout yeah. their career is seeing the effects now, whether it be memory loss or suicidal tendencies. I mean, it wasn't a big deal until um, Junior Seahow from the Chargers 
um, killed himself. Mm-hmm. And now it's serious of like, look, here's somebody who was a good guy, normal, whatever, you know. Yeah, uh, I remember hearing society, about that. Uh, good, good piece of the community uh, in San Diego was uh, a model citizen and everything. And then which didn't know was that he would have suicidal tendencies and bouts of depression and stuff. And they're linking it back to his concussions. And he took it to the point to where he killed himself. Well, the guy that was on the... So they can, maybe he can heal those concussions well, they, when they happen. Yeah, they think that also that Muhammad Ali's Parkinson's was brought on by uh, by the, you know, taking too many shots to the head. The guy who, uh, on the Texas Tower, that shot all those people it, um, oh, right. in the 60s, I forget yeah. his name, but they, they talked about it in the book. And the fact is that he, he was writing in his notes, in his journal, how something's wrong with me. I have these violent tendencies all of a sudden. Please, you know, when after after this is done, you know, um, open my brain and tell me what's wrong. He couldn't control it, and they opened his brain. There's this huge tumor pressing against his uh, amygdala hmm. and basically suppressing everything. So he was there going, you know, I want to – he went and killed his wife who he loved, and his mother, before he went and killed them. And he puts, in his, then, his suicide note, he yeah. writes, you know, you may see this as a horrible act, but I did it as quickly as possible. I just felt I needed to do it. And so it's one of those mm. situations where this guy did a horrible thing. He killed 13 people, yet it has been scientifically proved it was because he had a tumor. You know, because he was a normal guy beforehand. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's so much we don't know, obviously. But the good thing about uh, speculating about the future is that Quite often, looking this far out, we don't have to see the specifics of things to interpret where the flow of the future might go. Mm-hmm. And because we can do that. And, and, you know, the example of when I first read that book, Unbounding the Future, so long ago, mo- a lot of people read the book and, and was like, oh, that sounds like science fiction. Yeah. And when I read the book, I could see the potential. Well, you know? it, it was science fiction at the time. Sure. Look at, I mean, anything. Well, his new book, are, uh, which I haven't finished and I was going to, is, you know, Radical Abundance. In there, he talks psychic, about, uh, science fiction. you know, Even how now we're here. starting to see the patterns of where we can go with this technology, uh, where it's showing that uh, inverse proportional speed is why computers can do things so fast and that that principle actually is going to apply to the machines we make at a nanoscale. Okay, I know that so it's, it's getting late for me because I just heard blah, 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 <laughs> proportional, blah, blah, computers, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Penis. Yes. Well, we know nanotechnology is coming. It's just figuring out what to do with it. How it can make us come. And what... Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, we were... We were going on some good to, ending there. That was like, a really you know, good ending. And then Kale has come out with <laughs> well, talking about his penis. Uh, you know, it just had to be said. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I think that we did fairly well on this topic. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to bring up before we call it in? Because I mean, Spe- nanotechnology is huge. Speaking of penis, small. Um, no, I, I mean saw about, I saw a screenshot uh, yeah, on uh, ESPN Dude. where. The um, somebody ESPN? wrote on ESPN, and somebody had a poster in back of them, and it's had um, penis, 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 but it had the the ESPN in the middle all red. Oh, channel, penis, 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 penis. Uh, on that, I think that's a good way to end the nanotechnology. Yes, and I have no uh, idea what that had to do with nanotechnology. Nothing. So, might have made it. Um, if you want to join this I'm, conversation, I'm still trying to figure out how ESPN is in the middle of penis. 
There's four no, penises. No, no. You got four penises. So it's P E <laughs> and then P E and I S. And I W Z S. Okay. I'll they, show you the picture. So like in this room, there's four penises. You're the E. You're the S. You're the P. Yeah. And I'm the N. That's in penis. The letters. Not a not a picture of a penis. <laughs> the, the letters penis. It's a picture of a penis with that letter on your phone. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, if, you'd like, to dildos, jo- if you'd like to join the conversation about nanotechnology or penises, please email us at show <laughs> at IamRambling.com. Uh, okay, so, Paul, next week, it's your turn! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, we need, we need a, a song for your turn. Like uh, Your turn, Your baby. turn, your turn. Reach around, it's your turn. It's your Next week, our podcast has taken a bad turn. Oh man, you're acting like so this is the first like time that's to talk happened. About, I mean, like this is perpetual now. I, we're going to dip into the world of social networking <laughs> and how it has impacted our lives in the world, and whether it's been good, bad. You mean like or things ugly. like Facebook? Could be Facebook. You mean like things like MySpace, like MySpace, or even BBSs. Oh and then, my goodness! And then what happens with those accounts after you die? Oh no! Oh, we, did we already did that. Did that. We okay. did that. But to the death relationships, <laughs> the relationships, death bits is bonded through it or destroyed. Oh, ah, um, wow! Like uh, catfish. What? Like cat? Yeah, Manti Teo. Yeah. Yep. What? Check oh, out, it will check be it out next, next week. week. <laughs> All right. We can get Manti Teo as a guest. That would be very nice. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for joining us on this episode of uh, Nanotechnology. (laughs) And uh, next week, join us for uh, social networking and how it has affected our... Uh, our, us. <laughs> no, we uh, didn't do the email at the beginning, did we? We did. We, we did. 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 I'm yeah. I kind of like at the ending, yeah. I always say, hey, if you'd uh, like yeah, to join the conversation, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if you'd okay. like to complain... <laughs> That's, yeah, we'll even accept like, that. Like, like, any, at, like any, I don't know why I don't remember this stuff. Okay, I want to say this. I, I was said, here when you did. I it, said this so. earlier, but I think our podcast, once we get really good at this, is going to be awesome. And these old <laughs> ones that we did when we started out, well, these are our Evil Dead to our Evil Dead Two: An Army of Darkness. We'll be like people look, look back on them, going, "Oh, they're horrible! I can't believe it!" But they love our regular show so much; it's classic. It's exactly, a classic. So. Hopefully you've joined us now and you're with us from the beginning, which means you are definitely. You no, know, if you want to get on that, diagnosed road, we can insane. probably mention penis less often. Yes, just saying. This is our. This is <laughs> all right. Penis left up. Oh, dude, that, left. Was a, that was a funny <laughs> joke, and I screwed it up. I'm tired. I need to sleep. Put the music on, Daryl. Next week. No, 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 no. <laughs> the ending music. Oh the, yeah, the that's right. Stump, stink, all right. Stink, let's hear. Girl. Let's hear that riff. Okay, uh, so we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. And end it with a word, anybody. Nano Nano. We didn't, we didn't say a word we can be found. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay, <laughs> I can be found at IamRambling.com. Paul. Uh, shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul.com. Nobody cares. <laughs> Rom's rants at blogspot.com. George.com. G-I-L-R-S. All right, we'll see you next week. Woo! We're out of here. Thanks for listening. You can now stop screaming at the open air. Listeners should put their minds back in their upright positions and resume traditional thinking. Find us on IamRambling.com for access to all of our weekly ramblings, show notes, general discussions, and any projects from Incoherent Ramblings. Like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. So long, and thanks for all the fish.
once again. Penis. That's a habit. <laughs> Swamp ass! I mean, really, can we can we say penis a little less? Please? Okay. All right. I gotta... let's, let's say dick more often. Dude, are you still recording? Come on, <laughs> yeah. Sure yeah. We're, we're, right. we're growing up. It's dick now. <laughs> <laughs> Woo.